our text for the next five weeks is, is what we're actually going to dive into this morning. It's our launching point. It's John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8. John 15, 1 through 8. And here's what it says. This is Jesus speaking to a crowd of people, his disciples, and a big crowd are around him, and he says this, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do, what's that word? Nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Jesus is simply stating here that when you disconnect from me, you're hopeless. But when you are connected to Christ, you can be hopeful. And before we even dive into our exact where we're headed this morning, I I just want you to understand this. Your growth is directly related to what or who you are connected to. Your growth is directly related to what or who you are connected to. And there are specific things over the next five weeks that we want to go into to help us move from hopeless to hopeful. And let's look this morning at the first one, and that is that we need to cut off dead branches. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to cut those dead branches. Let's pray together this morning. Jesus, I pray that you would help us. Lord, as we dive into your word, that you would help us to go from hearing a little talk, Lord, about a sermon, that you would help us to move into a place of actual life change. That, Lord, when we walk out of this place, we could walk out of here understanding that there are specific things that you want to do. There are specific changes that you are wanting to partner with us to make. And I pray, God, that we could walk out of here being so clear on cutting off the dead branches. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, any gardeners in the room? Raise your hands if you're a gardener. Let me see your hands. Only a few, okay? Only a few. I want to give a shout out to... Uh, people that I believe are literally some of the best people in our city uh, that understand how to work with with flowers and plants and all of that stuff and how to make it beautiful. Uh, my friends Sarah and Trevor Econger, one of they own several businesses. One of them that they own is called Antigua Floral, and they literally, if you're not following them on Instagram, you need to be following them. They are incredible at this whole how to make plants and flowers and all of that really, really beautiful. As for me, I'm like most of you. 
I am not good at gardening. Now, I, I asked who was. A couple of you raised your hand. How many of you raised your hand, and you're like me? You're not good at that stuff. Raise your hand. Like, how many of you say, I can kill a plant better than anyone else? I am incredible at taking God's creation and ruin, ruining it, you know? Like that kind of thing. So, talking about gardening uh, this morning... I, I just have a couple stories I want to relate to you. One of them is that, and I did get permission to share this because it's a story about my mother-in-law. How I many know you got to have permission to share stories about your mother-in-law? My mother-in-law came to our house. It was years ago. She came to our house, and uh, she planted in our backyard right against our house, she planted these beautiful petunias. They were incredible. And I was like, sweet, that was so nice of your mom. And she planted those beautiful petunia you know, flowers. And, and, you know, we would have never done that. That was so nice that she did it. She had spent hours, you know, in our backyard literally, you know, planting those flowers. And I wondered why about 10 days after they had been planted, why they died 10 days later. And what we discovered was that we actually have sand all the way around our house and that she had actually not planted the flowers into dirt. She had planted them into sand. And for those of you that don't know anything about gardening, if you plant stuff in sand, it will die. Hello? And so they died literally 10 days later because if the the branch or the flowers or the, the, the tree or the, the plant or whatever it is, if it is not put into the right source of strength, it will die. Hello? And, you know, another quick story about gardening. I, I was so excited when we had children for two reasons. I love my kids. I try to be a good dad. The second reason is I knew that they would reach an age where I could begin to assign them the task that I no longer wanted to do in my house. Come on, somebody. And so one of those tasks is at, at, uh, at our house, we have a little place where there's bushes and stuff. Now, I'm not a fan of this because we don't do maintenance well. We don't do gardening well. I'm a big fan of, like, let's just throw rock on top of everything that we never have to touch, you know. But we, we have a place at, at our old house where we have these bushes and plants and stuff. And because of that... Uh, we have weeds that grow up. And what I love to do, and I love to do it especially on a really hot summer day when my kids think they have the whole day to sleep, to relax, to skateboard, to play sports, to watch movies, whatever. I love to surprise them. I never do it ahead of time. I always wake them up in the morning and I say, hey, I've got a great surprise for you today. You're going to spend a few hours of your day today weeding the front area of our house, to which they all reply, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then the argument starts, who's going to do what? And, you know, will you, am I going to hold the bag? Am I going to, well, I don't like to hold the bag, you know. And so then they start arguing and all of that. And what I've discovered over and over in uh, our house is that I always look back over the time that they were weeding and I realized that they didn't do a good job and the reason why I know they didn't do a good job is because just a few days after they pull up those weeds there are more weeds that come up and the reason why is because they don't pull the root of the weeds hello all they do is just pull off the top and put it in the bag it's interesting when you think about gardening, when you think about growing trees, growing plants, growing fruit, growing whatever, it's interesting that there are really two key things 
that you have to understand. Now, those of you that enjoy gardening, you're going, two things. There's like 16 things you got to do, but two key things for, because you're not the one speaking this morning, I am. Two key things that we've got to do and that has to be done in order to keep a tree, a plant, a flower, whatever, alive. The first is this. The first is you've got to make sure it's connected to the right source. You've got to put it in the right source, whether that's water, whether that's dirt, whatever it is. And just to reiterate, our source is Jesus. Hello? And the second thing that you've got to do is you've got to trim. You've got to cut off those things that are dead because Whatever is dead, if it's still attached to the rest of the things that are alive, what is dead will eventually poison everything else, hello? And it will begin to kill everything else. And Jesus is talking here in this passage about things in our life that are dead. Dead. And so what are those things? What are those branches that Christ is talking about here that we have to cut off? Well, one of the branches that we're going to kind of hone in on this morning is a kind of a white elephant for all of us in the room. It's a, it's a churchy word that maybe some of you uh, that grew up in church, you've heard this word, and, and maybe some of you go, oh, you know, that word kind of scares me. I don't know what it means, or that's really a, you know, a churchy word, but it's the S word. Let's talk about the S word for just a second. The S word stands for sin. And there are many definitions of what sin is or what it isn't, but I want to make it really easy for you this morning. Sin is simply this. It just simply means if you are in sin, you are missing the mark. You're missing the mark. Now, just in case you wondered what the mark is, the mark is not a better version of you, and the mark is not, well, I'm better than so-and-so. Hello? Because here's what we do, don't we? We are incredible at, as human beings at justifying our stuff and going, well, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. Well, at least I don't have my wife's temper, you know? I, you know, at least I don't have my friends, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. And, or, or how about this? Sin is really for bad people that are in jail. Hello? So that's not true. Watch this. Because the mark is not about your life and it's not about your neighbor's life. The mark is God. And God, watch this, is perfect. And so he lifts up that mark to a very high level, a level of perfection. And then what that does is when we're looking at God and we're comparing our lives, our behavior, our thoughts to God who is perfect, how many of you know at that point we all miss the mark? Hello? Everybody. In fact, the Bible says this in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So newsflash, this is the human condition. And we don't even have to be trained to sin. Hello? We're born this way. I really understood this when I had children. Because I love my kids with all of my heart. They're the most beautiful creatures on the planet. I love them, but I'm just telling you right now, I don't know about your kids, but my kids are evil. Hello? They're evil. And they, you know, when they're three and four years old, lies happen and, and you know, rebellion happens. And I go, where are they learning this? Where is my three-year-old son understanding how to lie? Listen, they don't even have to be taught. It's their nature. Hello? It's the human condition. Sin. It's, it's all of us, my friends. 
And so what happens is, if we ignore the subject of sin, it's literally like going to a doctor and the doctor diagnosing you and saying, hey, you have cancer and we've got to do some treatment here or you're going to end up in really, really bad shape. And you look back at your doctor and you go, you're just kind of old-fashioned. I mean, you know, like, I just, I'm not going to accept that in my life. I don't receive that diagnosis in my life. You, you know, I, I think that diagnosis is outdated, if you will. I, I, don't, I don't even think it's accurate. I think it's old-fashioned. And you go home, and what happens, what, what, what happens is you go home, and you are eventually going to what? You're going to die if you ignore that diagnosis from the doctor. Jesus is using words here like pruned, cut off severed, if you will, useless. He says, withers. And what we've got to understand here is that there are things in our life that God wants to cut off. He wants to cut out of our life. There are other things in our life that don't necessarily have to be cut out, but they have to be lifted up. They need TLC. They need some repair in them. We need God, the doctor, to come and help us understand what needs repaired in our life. And I just have to tell you this, please, the the fear that, that any pastor has as you dive into this is that you receive this word from the Lord today as if I'm here today to ruin your life. If I'm here today as bad news bear Pastor Wayne to say, hey, here's my goal. My goal is for you to understand that when you walk out of this room, you can't have fun as a Christian. You can't do anything. Everything is sin. Don't, don't look at that. That's sin. Don't do this. That's sin. This isn't about that. This is about looking at you and saying, there's life that God has for you, and God wants you to produce into this incredible life full of good things. In order for that to happen, he wants to cut out some things in your life. He wants to prune. He wants to sever. He wants to see some things cut out or taken care of so you can produce incredible life-giving joy in your life. Now, here's what we've been guilty of in the Christian world in the past. We've been guilty of, I'm going to use a word many of you may not know, called legalism. And legalism is basically, I'm going to work hard to do good stuff, and I want to do more good stuff than bad stuff, and that's going to make me have a right relationship with God. But I want to tell you, your actions never make you have a right relationship with God. Jesus and his death and resurrection is why you have a right relationship with God. So we're not here doing legalism or moralism where we're saying, well, I've just got to take the, the scissors and i got to start cutting you know, stuff out of my life. Can I tell you what that's like? That's literally like I'm not going to go to the doctor. I'm going to Google my symptoms of sickness, and I'm going to diagnose myself. Hello? Which... I don't know if you've ever had a discussion with the doctor. Let me just ask you real quick, okay, and let's be honest in the room. Everybody loves everybody. How many of you have ever Googled symptoms to see what you thought you had when you were sick? Come on. Come on. You want to really annoy a doctor? Tell them that when you go in to see them. Because they go, you didn't go to medical school. And who knows what is on the internet, what's true and what's not. And when we try to do this by ourselves, when we try to literally begin to cut things out of our life and we try to diagnose ourselves, that's no different than us Googling symptoms of sickness. Hello? We got to go to the doctor. We got to go to, the, to the, the Holy Spirit, God. It's a partnership thing that we have with him. In fact, here's what the Bible says in Psalm 139, 23. It says, 
Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting. In other words, and I want you to write this down. This is what we're going to keep coming back to you over and over. Here's the question, and this isn't a one-time question. This is a question you've got to ask the Lord over and over, your entire journey of faith. Here's the question. Write this down. God, help me to know what is keeping me from being able to grow. God, help me to know. I can't do this. I can't diagnose myself. I don't know what I need to cut out. I don't know what needs to be pruned. I, I don't know where I'm not doing well in an area. God, this is your job. You've got to point this out in me. Tell me what's offending you. Tell me what's keeping me and you at a distance. Tell me why I haven't grown. Now, just do some introspection here for just a second. No hands raised. But just think for a second. For those of you that have been walking with God for a long time, when's the last season of your life that you can point back to and say, I, I have really grown? I'm different than what I was a year ago. I'm different than what I was five years ago. My point is that if you haven't grown and you're still the same and you still have the same thoughts and the same patterns and the same behavior and the same way that you live out your faith, it's probably pretty likely that you haven't asked God that question in a long time. God, help me to know what is keeping me from being able to grow. Now, some of you go, okay, that's totally fine, Pastor. Thanks so much for this. But how do I know what's sin and what's not sin? Because my great-grandma told me that everything is sin, and my crew that I run with right now makes it sound like nothing is sin. And so, you know, I don't understand, you know, what is sin and what isn't sin. My grandma says everything. My, my friends say nothing, you know. Like, what is and what isn't sin? How do I know what's keeping me from being able to grow? Well, I just want to give you two key things. They're going to be simple, but if you'll apply them, I promise it's a game changer. The first one is this, John 14, three through four. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. So here's the first thing. You cannot decipher good from bad branches apart from God's word. Yeah, that's about the response I thought I'd get. Look this way. Some of you have things happening in your life you don't even need to pray about. You know what you need to do? Go to God's word. Read the Bible. And ask yourself, when's the last time that I opened the Bible and I read something and something happened in my heart, some conviction happened where I went, oh my word, my thinking is wrong. Oh, my actions are wrong. My behavior is wrong. The way I'm treating that person is wrong. That unforgiveness in my life towards that somebody is actually wrong. That hatred that I have is wrong. That, that my sexual behavior is wrong. The music I'm listening to is wrong. This isn't you trying to fix yourself. This is allowing the word of God to speak to you in your heart and say, hey, I've made it clear through my word what is and isn't sin. Hello? Hmm. God reveals that stuff to you. And some of you go, well, you want me to read the Bible, Pastor? Isn't that what you're for? That's what I come here for. I was thinking this morning, you know what that's like 
That's like exercising once a week, but not actually exercising. It would be like this. Showing up to the gym, looking at your trainer, and going, okay, exercise for me. How many know that's not going to produce much? It's, it's daily. And there's two things that I want you to ask yourself as you're thinking about God's word. Do you have a consistent time, place, and plan to read God's word? Do you have a consistent time, place, and plan to read God's word? Here's the second question. When's the last time you read God's word and realized you had an area of your life that was not in alignment with his word? You don't have to raise your hand. Just ask yourself, when's the last time that I read God's word and I realized I have an area of my life that is out of alignment in God's word, i.e. a dead branch. I've got a dead branch in my life that through God's word, he pointed out to me. Second practical application. First is you can't decipher good from bad apart from God's word. Number two, you cannot grow without staying connected to the life source. The life source is Jesus. And my goal this morning is not for you to fall in love with Saints Community Church. My goal this morning is to get you connected to the life source. And there is a big difference between being connected to religion, being connected to, I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to be more moral. I'm trying to do those things. That's hard. That life, that legalism, that moralism, that, you know, I'm just trying to attend church. I'm just trying to do my best. That's hard. That's different than I'm actually connected to the life-giving source of Jesus, where I'm walking with him. I'm talking with him. He and I have a relationship that he is, that is ongoing, where I'm praying. I'm in his presence. I, I want to get to know him better. I, I want him to know me in, in, in a way and show me things about myself. I, I want to be connected to this life source. And part of that connection, only part of it, not all of it, part of that connection is also being connected to his church bride of Christ, God's church. Because watch this. When left to your own devices, to yourself, how many of you know it's a lot harder to grow in a bubble by yourself? Why? Well, because I like me. Overall, I look in the mirror and think, I mean, yeah, a couple things, you know, but not bad. Overall, I look in the mirror and go, ah, I can see why Christy, my wife, married me. That's right. Thanks for laughing. I need people in my life to say, Pastor, that, that's not the Lord. That's, that's not good. That's not God. You can't say that. You can't think that. As we're connected to Jesus and to each other and to God's church as we read his word we find out what it is that needs to be cut out what it is that needs to be trimmed or taken care of in our life so just this morning I, I just want you to ponder yourself your, 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 your thoughts for just a second in fact can you just close your eyes just close your eyes for just a second I, I just want to ask some questions with you with your eyes closed right there and I want you to ask yourself just with your eyes closed 
ask yourself these questions. What needs to be trimmed or cut off in my life? What am I holding on to that God has asked me to get rid of? What if what have I what has God told me to do that I haven't stopped doing? Or what has God told me to do that I need to start doing? What is holding me back from God's best for my life? Open your eyes. Sin is not just about doing, not doing bad things. It's also about doing good things. It's about saying, God, what do you want me to stop doing? What do you want me to start doing? So I can experience the fullness of the life that you have for me. How do I approach this, God? I have to tell you that there's an old church saying, and some of you maybe have heard it, but it's kind of a cliche, but I have to tell you that it's true. It's this. Either God is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Let me say it in a way that maybe a few of you heard it before. Either God, hello? He's either Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. Because here's what happens. All of us have our pet list of, well, I think this is okay. I think, I think this is okay. I, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff that I'm not doing, a lot of stuff that, you know, but, but I've got this little list here of things that I think God is okay with. And here's what we do. When we have our own little pet list, and I don't know what your pet list looks like. I, I know what mine looks like. And your pet, pet list may look like abu- the abuse of alcohol. It may look like, you, you know, that the, the, you're, you're not living in a marital sex relationship. It, it may look like unforgiveness, or it, it may look like hatred or bitterness. It may, it may look like for some of you it may just look like some laziness that God has asked you the Bible actually talks about that as a sin and it, whatever it is in your life you all of us have our little list a little list of things that God you can have all of this but I got these little this little list here of things that are like kind of untouchable and and here's what happens with those lists and they're all different for each one of us is that what you're doing is you are actually lowering your view of God and you are giving an elevated view of your sin. You're saying, God, I'm gonna lower you in this area and I'm gonna elevate this list that I have, these little things that I feel like are okay. I'm gonna go my own way in just these few areas. It's a high view of sin and a low view of God. Second thing that happens is we actually create an idol. Another God. A little God in our life. You say, I, I, I haven't created an idol. Pastor, I don't have any wooden statues laying around my house. I want you to think of the different areas of your life and ask yourself, where Have I created an idol? What does God need to cut out? What does God need to prune? Where does he need to add TLC? What what dead branches are in my life right now? What dead branches are in our family right now? What dead branches are affecting our church body right now? 
Where does God need to prune us? Where, where does he need to help us? First John 5.21, dear children, keep away from anything that might take place, that might take God's place in your hearts. Anything that becomes more important than God becomes an idol. It becomes a Lord. It becomes something you serve or someone you serve. Here's what 1 John 8 and 9 as we close says. For those of you that are still sitting there today going, ah, this is really good for everybody else. I feel like I'm good, but I'm glad that he's preaching this for everybody else in the room. Here's what 1 John 8 says. If we claim we have no sin, we are only, say that word together. Oh, we're only fooling ourselves. So if we're fooling ourselves, that would make us what? Mm-hmm. I didn't have to say it, you said it. And not living in the truth. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our wickedness. It's just a time. This is critical. This is so essential to being able to grow in your relationship with God. Is having a constant diet of asking God this question. God, help me to know what is keeping me from being able to grow. Trim, prune, sever, cut off the dead branches. Lift up the branches that just need some TLC in my life. God, I can't figure it out. I need to partner with you to do it. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads across the room. This morning you may be here. You may say to yourself, you know what? I, the truth is that I don't know that I even really have an ongoing, genuine relationship with Jesus. I don't actually know that I have fully surrendered, that I have made him completely Lord of my life. I don't know that I've actually given him everything. I don't know that I've actually come to the understanding that his birth, life, death, and resurrection was for me and because of that, I can surrender everything. I can make him the boss, the center, the leader, the Lord, everything in my life. You're here today and you'd say, step number one is just for me to say yes to him being Lord of my life. I want to submit myself to him. I want to give everything over to him. If that's you, you'd say, I, I don't know if I'm here if I've given everything over to him. I, I, I don't know if, if I have surrendered. Or you go, no, I, I know I haven't. I, I'm, no, I'm not, I'm not right with God in this moment here today. I, I want you on the count of three just to lift up your hands if you'd say, I want to know when I walk out of this place, this room, that I am completely surrendered to God, that I've given him everything, and that my relationship with him is right. On the count of three, I want you to lift up your hands. One, two, here we go. Hands already going up. Three, lift up your hands. Thank you, 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 thank you. Anybody else? That's me, Pastor Wayne. That's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Can we stand to our feet across this place? And can, can we just pray this prayer with the eight or so that 
lifted their hands. Just close your eyes and say this. Say, Jesus, thank you for your birth, life, death, and resurrection. Because of that, I can have right relationship with God. And so I come to you. I submit myself. I make you my Savior. And I make you my Lord. You can have all of me. I want to live a life of surrender. Surrendering everything over to you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. That's all it takes to have right relationship with God. But let's move on to the second stage at this point. I'm going to ask us to do something. We've got four minutes left. I'm going to ask us to do something that's a little different than normal. Typically, I'd have some prayer people come up and we pray over needs that are in the in the house or we, we, you know, whatever, tie it to the message or whatever. But I really felt strongly this morning that everyone in the room needed an introspective moment that didn't have much to do with somebody else that was between them and God. And I want to do something symbolic this morning. I'm going to ask us in just a second in this kind of the somber moment, I'm going to pray a prayer and ask the Lord to speak to us. And then what I want you to do is I want you to come. And I want you to trim just a small piece off of one of these trees. And as you trim that piece off, I want you to pray this prayer. You can pray it out loud or pray it just in your heart. It doesn't matter. But I want you to pray this prayer. God, as I trim this, help me to know what is keeping me from being able to grow. In fact, let's put that on the screen. God, help me to know what is keeping me from being able to grow. And then I want you just to take that little part of that branch and I want you to just go back. You can go back to your seat. Some of you can go find a spot against the wall or maybe you could kneel down in this front area up here or Go to the sidewall, the back, whatever, or you can just go back to your seat. It doesn't matter, but I just want you to just have at least one or two minutes with the Lord this morning where you allow him, because here's what you got to know. When you ask God questions, he usually has answers. And so just close your eyes and close your heart just with that branch symbolically in your hand. Say, God, you tell me what it is, and you and I will partner together to cut it or to trim it or to lift it up, repair it in my life.